Release date, September 29th, 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the TBD College Football Podcast with your hosts, I'm Mason. And I'm Joey. And I'm Isaac. Welcome to another episode, season four, episode seven to be exact. This episode is entitled, This One Will Be Close. Because as I was uh, looking at the game list this week and writing my notes, I found myself saying, you know, this one's going to be close. No, this one will be close. No, this, no, this, no. So they're all going to be close games. We've got a great slate of college football this week. Super excited to jump in. We're going to do something that we haven't done on this podcast before, but we've been doing on our Instagram. Uh, we have this thing called our pick pro- our pick podium. Yeah, it's our pick podium. So basically, we've been keeping track of our picks, uh, which ones we got right, which ones we got wrong. Starting off uh, week four, I went nine and one. Joey went seven and three. Isaac also went nine and one. In third place, we have Joey, 23 and 17. In second place, we have me, 29 and 11. And in third place, we have Isaac at 31 and 9. Uh, we're looking good. We're going to take a quick look at some of the notable picks that set us apart last week. First off, with me, I picked Wyoming over App State. That was the one game uh, that Isaac got wrong. Um, I picked I picked Wyoming because of their their body of work obviously that game was incredibly close um, but what put me over the edge to picking them was their their body of work you know beating Texas Tech at home in week one uh, you know taking Texas to the wire playing them extremely well extremely close so I had them winning that game obviously Joey and Isaac picking them or picking App State because of you know their notability of beating teams they really shouldn't and because it's the home team right Uh, so but Isaac this is the next notable pick. Isaac picked Ohio State over Notre Dame. Why Why did you pick Ohio State over Notre Dame? Well, for me, this one's nice and simple, and it's because as much as I didn't want them to win, I've learned the hard way to not bet against them. Too many times I've seen Ohio State in games where they shouldn't win or I, I really don't want them to win, and they find a way to do it. And we'll talk about it later, but Notre Dame kind of fell apart towards the end. And I just I was like, you know what? I was like, they're probably going to take it. And then, especially with Ryan Day's comments after the game to Lou Holtz, I felt like I made a good pick because of the fact that they were fired up and ready to roll. So, unfortunately, they did win. I wish I would have got it wrong though. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I, I thought I think me and Joe are on the same page of that too. We thought that Notre Dame was going to come in and play really well offensively, and they did. They ran the ball extremely well. Um, but their defense is what let us down, and it was it was a good defensive game in the first half. Uh, but they they you know Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Booker are two insane receivers, and it showed up. So final game looking at we picked me sorry me and Isaac we picked Florida State over Clemson. Joey picked Clemson. We picked Florida State. Obviously, we're correct. Joey, what led you to pick Clemson, and why? Yeah, why why did you pick Clemson instead of Florida State? I picked Clemson mainly because. They have a better defense out of all the people that Florida State has played and are going to play throughout this season. Um, so I thought that you know Clemson's defense was going to help them out and continue to be elite, and which they did. It's just a matter of the offense not holding through. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. Um, I think me and Isaac picked Florida State because of the because we thought the offense was going to be really good I had no idea going into that game that Florida State was ranked or ranked 101st in defense just horrible uh it showed up on Saturday that's for sure um but it was it was a really good game either way really close game really well fought game both teams played hard um I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth a little bit later but uh <laughs> we're gonna move on and get into our game of the week and uh you know we're gonna pick some games for you guys and we hope that you know we can help and hope you guys have some fun listening so Isaac why don't you tell the folks like normal what's our game of the week 
All right, folks, our game of the week is 11th-ranked Notre Dame playing in Durham at Wallace Wade Stadium against the 17th-ranked Duke Blue Devils at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night. Yeah, 11, Notre Dame, 17, Duke. This is going to be a good one. Notre Dame, like we just mentioned, coming off a super tough loss to Ohio State. I mean, you got the game won. All you got to do is get some defensive stops. You know, four defensive stops is all you need. They let them drive down the field. At one point, they even got Ohio State on an intentional grounding call because they brought the pressure so good. It was third and 19, and and Kyle McCord, after that, found a Mecca Abuka at the one-yard line. It was pretty much over from there. Uh, so they they ended up losing. Ohio State gets the dub. Seriously tough loss. Um, but this this Notre Dame Duke game this is a game that's huge for playoff implications. We were also talking about uh, the LSU Ole Miss game for our game of the week, but we thought we thought this one had more importance for the playoffs. That was just you know trying to get the top of the SEC West. Um, but you know this this game is more important. Duke coming in, they're still 4-0. They're looking to make their way into the top 15 into the playoffs, especially after getting wins over the likes of Clemson and Northwestern. I, I did want to hit a quarterback comparison here. Sam Hartman from Notre Dame, and this is through four games. This is not including their game against Navy. Uh, he's 62-92, and and 67% completion rating, 985 yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, this is crazy. Riley Leonard from Duke, 67-99, and 99, 68%. 778 yards, two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. He had one touchdown run against against Clemson in week one, and then his last one was last week when he ran a, another one in. So over four weeks, and this guy is only responsible for two touchdowns. That 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 is, is a little scary to me. The Notre Dame defense, they've given up 260 yards allowed a game. The Duke defense, they've given up 276 yards a game. So this game is going to be pretty close. Will it be as close as Ohio State-Notre Dame? Ugh. This game is going to tell us if Duke is actually legit. The ESPN FPI, Notre Dame, 69%. The spread is Notre Dame by 5.5. Isaac, you're picking first because I picked first last week. It's the way the cycle goes. Who you got, brother? Well, this one's tough because college game day is going to be in Durham for the first time ever for football. They've been there a lot for Duke basketball, obviously. Shout out, Coach K. Just kidding. He's retired. Anyway, um, this one, this one's going to be a good one. I think the the... The crazies are going to be out. I don't know if they call them crazies in the football stadium. Anyway, all that said, you know Notre Dame, their defense looked really good against Ohio State. It was a defensive battle. Mike Elko has changed the culture in Durham. Duke has looked really good. But it's concerning that Riley Leonard is only responsible for two touchdowns through four games. With that said, I think Duke has a chance to keep it close. But I got the Irish by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean – it is concerning to see that Riley Leonard has only two is only responsible for two touchdowns uh, within the past four weeks, but I do have to say that they have been running the ball a lot, and that's really what they've been known for. It's just that Clemson game, the only thing they could get going was the pass, and unfortunately, as a Clemson fan, it ended up working out pretty well for them. Um, but against this Notre Dame team, I'm going to say they're legit, man. I mean, their defense really looked good against Ohio State, which doesn't say much. Their offense hasn't really been performing how a typical Ohio State offense is. Um, I think it was just a rough game for the Notre Dame offense. Um, Not saying that they're bad. It's just, it just wasn't a good game. We did not see a typical Notre Dame offense with Sam Hartman in there. So, really, I, I don't think it's really a hard choice. I'm going to pick Notre Dame for this game. Um, I think it's honestly going to be a blowout. Uh, Duke's offense couldn't really get anything going on Clemson until late in the game when you know mis- mistakes were being made on the offensive end of Clemson. 
I don't think Notre Dame is going to make those mistakes. I think they're just going to power through. Yeah, right. It, just because you have a bad offensive game doesn't mean your offense is bad, vice versa for defense. I think that this is going to be a really close one. My, my first thing that I'll say, though, is I think that the biggest thing right now in Duke's favor is that it's at Duke. They have the home field advantage. You know, and if I'm Duke, like, I'm going to go back to the Clemson game. I'm going to look at what worked against Clemson. How did we cause fumbles? How on defense? How did we run the ball against them? You know, because their defense, and I said it last week, I said their defense was a little bit lackluster. Clemson's defense was a little bit lackluster against Duke. But what did they do offensively that really worked? How did they get Riley out of the pocket? How did they get him to make plays with his legs, right? I think that's really important. Um, like I said, right, and it, and it is a little bit of a concern. Riley Leonard only has two touchdowns through four games. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, but Notre Dame, you know, they run the ball well. Sam Hartman can definitely make throws um, when he needs to, um, and, he, he can, and he can make the big plays downfield. My question is, can Leonard do that as well? I haven't seen it. I'm going with the Irish here as well, guys. I got I got Notre Dame to win this game. I, I don't think it'll be close. The spread is five and a half. I got them by ten. If you want to call that close, sure, that's close. Um, I, I so I'm pretty much. I think I'm I'm more in agreement with the ESPN FPI. Um, I I don't think it'll be close. I think Notre Dame's going to come in, especially you know with a chip on their shoulder after beating or after losing to Ohio State, and I think that they're going to get this one done in Durham. Now it's time to move on to our big week four games. That's that we got a good game of the week right there. But now we're going to move on to some even bigger games. We got starting now on Friday, the first game. Yes, Friday game this week, Pac-12 matchup. Isaac, why don't you tell us what it is? All right, folks. Our uh, first game for week four is on Friday night at 9 p.m. It is 10th ranked Utah on the road playing against 19th ranked Oregon State. Now Utah obviously coming off a really close game against UCLA in which they won 14 to seven. Without the likes of Cam Rising, the question still becomes, when will we see him again this year for the Utes? It's a million-dollar question we've asked since week one when they played Florida. I do not know. Uh, Oregon State coming off a really close game to Washington State. Of course, you guys saw us pick that game last week. Washington State, their offense, they ended up coming out with a dub only by three, though. It was a high-scoring game, 30-plus points for each team. Utah is trying to hang on and stay in the top ten, while Oregon State is trying to just stay ranked. Obviously, Utah, potentially being in the top 10, is in the running for a playoff spot. Of course, if they can make a run for the Pac-12 later on in the year. The uh, the ESPN FPI has Oregon State at 58%. Obviously, they're the home team. And the spread has Oregon State by three. So that's not too far off. Just over halfway for the Beavers and a three-point spread. Joey, you're picking first. Who you got? No. No, I don't agree with the spread. I don't agree with the FPI. I think Utah wins this. I think this is the first real defense that DJ faces and the Oregon State uh, offense faces. I think although Washington State has a decent defense, they're mainly offense. Uh, Utah is all defense right now. Offense really hasn't had it going. Again, Cam rising. When is he going to return? Is he even real? Who knows, man? Um, So, yeah, I got Utah winning. Yeah, no, no. Man, I actually I, I made some notes. I watched I didn't get to watch the Utah UCLA game, but I got to watch a little bit of the Oregon State Washington State game. And let me tell you, Washington State, I think they might be the real deal in the Pac twelve this year. That might have been the dark horse that I should have picked up <laughs> in our in our dark horse series. Um Utah's defense, man, they are stout. Utah won fourteen to seven, and one of those touchdowns, it came off a pick six 
on the first play, on UCLA's first drive of the game, first play, their first play of the game. Uh, Utah's offensive line, they look good. They help open up the run game, which is going to be really important here. Uh, the problem is is their offensive scheme, it's just too conservative right now. And maybe it's because of the lack of Cam Rising. I don't know. Uh, but I see screen pass after screen pass and short throw after short throw. Uh, they, they're going to have to have bigger plays against Oregon State. Like Obviously, they do make big plays, but it's just not enough. The, 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 the rating of like... Uh, they do these many, you know, short plays versus you know, this little of big plays. They're going to have to come up with something explosive, big runs, big throws downfield. Because um, then you look at, you know, their their one offensive score. Utah only got one, one offensive touchdown in the entire game. The only point scored in the second half was the UCLA touchdown. So that tells you everything you need to know about their defense. But their offense, yeah, because I don't know, I don't, I don't think UCLA's defense is that good. Oregon State secondary, they're garbage. Go back and look at how many freaking passes that were that were completed when they were right there that they could have, you know, made a play on the ball. And I mean, every single completion, it was insane, man. And the other thing is they just they just don't do a good job of finishing tackles. I mean, there were so many yards given up after the catch, and like I said, they're right there. They have to finish. Uyagalale still making silly mistakes. Sorry, Joey, but definitely better than he was at Clemson. But it's still just a struggle. Uh, the Oregon State run game, though, that's like the thing that's really solid. Almost every single touchdown that Oregon State had against Washington State was a running touchdown. I think they had one, one passing touchdown from Uyagalale. Uh, so if the if the Utah defense continues their reign of terror, this could be a super long day for the Beavers. I got Utah. Utah, this this is this is easy. Uh, I I don't think that the Beavers are going to be able to do anything. Yeah, I mean like Washington State. But their defense isn't that great, right? It was 38 to 35. Utah was able to hold UCLA, who has a pretty potent offense, still young, but potent, uh, to seven points the entire game. I got the defense winning this one. They play complimentary football. Oregon State's not coming out on top. I got Utah. I definitely think Oregon State will look the best uniform wise, though. I was going to make a smart comment about uniforms, but considering how well Oregon looked and played last weekend, I'm not going to. So yeah, this one this one to me is also pretty self-explanatory. Utah as a program, I was looking back at last season, you know, when they beat USC not once, but twice. And the second time considerably by three touchdowns. Utah is a really good defensive team. I like them to pull off the upset this weekend. I think they'll cover. I, I like I like the Utes by seven. I think they'll go on the road and get the win and they'll retain their top ten spot. Meanwhile, the Beavers probably gonna fall out. But I also did forget until Joey mentioned it a while ago that, that DJ was at Oregon State. Either way, I got the Utes. That's another TBD triple pick. Two in a row. <laughs> All right, so on Saturday now, our first game that we're picking on Saturday is number eight USC at Colorado at 12 p.m. Colorado looked rough. And when I say rough, I mean rough. I mean no offense whatsoever. Defense and shambles. No Travis Hunter to swoop in and save them. <sighs> but that is Oregon. This is USC. USC does not have a good defense. They have a phenomenal offense. Do not get me wrong. They've had a phenomenal offense ever since Lincoln Riley came in. But no defense whatsoever. That's a big difference between them and Oregon. Now here's the thing. We already know that Colorado doesn't have a defense. So can their offense at least score against USC to even keep up 
ESPN FPI USC at 90% and the spread is 21 and a half in USC's favor. Mason, go on ahead, boy. So, you know, the question's asked, you know, is there is there a potential for an upset here? And I think there is. I think that there is potential for an up here for an upset here. Uh, we're going to go over to the iPad here. I'm going to tell you what I think. Uh, if there is any team in the Pac-12 right now that is on USC's schedule coming up in the near, near future, obviously this weekend, that's going to upset them, it's Colorado. I mean, Colorado has the offense to do it. We've seen what they can do. Yeah, losing Travis Hunter, that's a big loss. Like we said, it's like losing you know your star defensive corner and your star wide receiver. But also on the show, we're under the belief that one person doesn't make a team right? You have to have everything around you. And they still have some great guys on the Colorado offense that can make some things happen. Um, USC has Caleb Williams and a potent offense, but that's about it. Like Joey has mentioned, their defense is, is pretty tragic. Uh, the, USD, the USC defense has given up 365 yards a game this season. Now, the Colorado defense has given up 476 yards, which I guarantee you has, most of that's coming from the Oregon game because <laughs> that was a god-awful beatdown uh and probably a little bit from the colorado state game obviously they don't have a defense they're still building there it's coach prime coach prime's first year but usc man that 365 yards a game when you're a power five team like that and one of the best in your conference that's horrible to give up that many so if you want my honest opinion if colorado offense actually shows up i will not be surprised if they upset usc now i also wouldn't be surprised though if usc beats colorado by 30 i don't think that's going to happen here that's why I got USC to win this game. <laughs> gotcha. I am going to pick USC to win, but I'm not going to say that they cover this spread. I got USC by 17 points. I think that their defense is going to give up way too much against Colorado. I think that Prime is coming in there with a game plan. I think this is not going to go like the Oregon game. I got USC. If there's one thing in this game that's going to be in favor of the Buffaloes, it's the fact that it's in Boulder. If there's one thing. Obviously, still no Travis Hunter. USC defense giving up 365 a game. Colorado defense giving up 476 yards a game. Obviously, uh, trended very negatively by last weekend against Oregon, in which case they gave up 500-plus. With that said, Colorado has the potential for it to be an upset, but I don't think they will. I've got the Trojans. I think it will be a typical Pac-12 shootout, but I think the Trojans will, in the long run, get the win. I don't think they cover. I like them by 21, just under the spread. But unfortunately, it'll be another loss for primetime. All I'm going to say is I wonder if Colorado loses this game, if ESPN's going to keep posting about them and Taylor Swift, or if it's just going to be Taylor Swift from here on out. Who knows? Who knows? But all I got to say is this is offense versus offense. And what we know is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We've picked USC when it comes to offense versus offense. I'm going to stick to USC when it's offense versus offense. I wouldn't be surprised. This is a game where I can see an upset happening, um, but I don't think it happens. After that Oregon game, I mean, we saw big flaws in the team. And, you know, what's an issue with Lincoln Riley is in film, when he sees flaws, he goes off of it and he builds his game plan off of the flaws that he's seen. I know every team does that, but he excels in it. Um, so, yeah, I got USC. Uh, I'm going to go say, I'm gonna go ahead and say 24 points. Yeah, he might fix it uh, offensively, but obviously not defensively. <laughs> <laughs> All 
I don't see any reason why they couldn't go 24 points and win that by 24. Uh, but that is that. We're going to move on to our next game. And this one is actually another one of those underrated games that people probably aren't looking at. SEC fans definitely are. Uh, this is number 22, Florida at Kentucky at 12 p.m. Kentucky, they're coming in at 4-0, but both teams coming in undefeated in the SEC far, so far. So obviously, they're trying to tie Georgia for first in the SEC East, barring an upset I go over Georgia this weekend. <laughs> uh, Florida seems to be battle-tested, right? They've gone to Utah. They played there. Uh, they beat Tennessee at home in the Swamp. Uh, Kentucky, however, the toughest team that Kentucky has faced is Vanderbilt, if that tells you anything. Uh, <laughs> team breakdown, I, I thought this was important. Uh, the Florida offense, they're averaging 413 yards a game, 248 pass yards, 165 yush, rush yards. Kentucky, 397 yards a game. 396 pass yards, 132 rushing yards. Uh, Florida D, they've given up 245 yards a game. They've allowed uh, 163 passing yards and 82 rushing yards a game. The Kentucky defense, they're allowing 293 yards a game. They're allowing 216 pass yards and 78 rush yards a game. Now, why did I go all through that? Uh, Because I'm going to make some obvious statements based on that. Florida runs the ball extremely well. Duh, Trevor Etienne. Kentucky throws the ball extremely well. Duh, Devin Leary. Florida has trouble defending the pass. Kentucky has trouble defending the run. This game should be interesting. The ESPN FPI is actually Kentucky 52%, and the spread is Kentucky 2.5. I'm not going to make my pick, but if you want my honest opinion, I think that spread is in their favor simply because it's at home because this is going to be a seriously even matchup. One of the most even matchups I think we have on this, on this spread of games this week. So, Isaac... Unfortunately for you, you're picking first. Who you got? This one is like a typical SEC East matchup. It's the battle for who can be viewed as second tier to Georgia. Now, that said, Florida's coming off a couple of weeks ago. Big win in the swamp over the Volunteers. Again, Tennessee's not that great. Kentucky, they've got Devin Leary, good quarterback, transfer from NC State. I would agree. I think the spread is in favor of the Wildcats simply because it's in Lexington. The toughest team Kentucky's played has been Vanderbilt. I don't like this, but I've got the Gators. I've got the Gators. I think that I, I like them by a touchdown. I think they'll cover the underdog spread. Um, you know, I think that Napier they've got some momentum going after a couple of wins under their belt, and I think they're going to knock off Kentucky, take up take a tie with Georgia in the first place in the SEC East. And just remember, it always sucks to be a Florida Gator, but this weekend I like the blue and orange. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I look at this game and I kind of it makes me kind of sad for the SEC. Let, let, let's take a second. We feel bad for the SEC right now because this game is really one of these kind of games, and you know, it, it, really this game just determines who's the least bad in the SEC out of the decent teams. Um, really, Florida's offense is a very well balanced team. Um, defense kind of meh you know they they played very well against Tennessee decent against Utah I guess but also non-existent but I I see no way of Kentucky winning this game again third time's a charm the spread is in favor because it's in Lexington but how would I I don't see any reason to pick Kentucky in this game they haven't played anybody competitive Florida just knocked off Tennessee could they have had just a really good game I think so, but this is the battle of the least worst teams. So, yeah. So, I'm going to go back to the old iPad here. I mentioned that Florida runs the ball, Kentucky throws the ball, 
So really this game is going to come down to defense. But then you look and you notice that Florida does not defend the pass well and Kentucky does not defend the run well. <laughs> um, uh, this, this is actually going to be a pretty good, close game. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, it, it's at Kentucky, which definitely gives the Wildcats an edge. And you know what? Because Florida's defense doesn't cover the pass, I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this one. I got Kentucky to win this game at home. Um, I promise I'm not just trying to go opposite. I really think that Kentucky's going to have an edge. I, I see them having that edge. You know, yes, they haven't played anybody important, but they have played well. Their defense has played well. And I think that that's going to give them an edge with it being at home. And just because cover, because Florida cannot cover the pass, I think that Kentucky's going to be able to, to drive up and down with explosive plays on them. And I think that Kentucky's going to uh, uh, not upset, I guess, because the spread's in their favor, uh, but pull off a win that not a lot of people are expecting them to pull off. That's what I got. We just couldn't have another triple pick, could we, Mason? No, no, we could not. Oh well, oh well. It's it's nice though. Thank you for helping me in this pick podium. Uh, our next game is. Bro, bro, bro. Only, only if you get it. <laughs> only if I get it. All right. Anyways, our next game is Clemson at Syracuse at 12 p.m. Clemson. As we already know, coming off a, a very disappointing disappointing <clears throat> loss against Florida State um, in overtime that shouldn't have happened because of a very common thing apparently now in college football and NFL, and that is mixed field goals. So we are still hiring, still hiring. Uh, we hired somebody out of Charleston, and he decided to miss the possible game-winning field goal anyways Syracuse they are coming in undefeated uh they beat Purdue and Army two kind of meh teams but not meh team in Purdue I don't know uh but you know if you're a Clemson fan you know this if you're a Syracuse fan you probably know this but on the less bright side uh Clemson always plays Syracuse close in Syracuse they can't Honestly, the past few years, it's been no matter what, Syracuse is playing close. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it happens. It needs to stop, hopefully this year. Um, <laughs> the last time Syracuse has beaten Clemson is in 2017. Uh, they won 27-24. to 24. So, again, close game, just not on the right end. Uh, another thing to kind of note, though, is that Clemson – Last time they went 9-3 and three was in 2014. That's the beginning of the Deshaun Watson era, but it was also Cole Stout era. It was a, it was a little bit of a 50-50, you know? Um, it was the year that Georgia beat Clemson. We're not going to talk about that. It was the year after Clemson beat Georgia. Um, anywho, we beat them in 2021. Anywho. Who cares? Uh, anywho... Some people say, you know, Clemson still has a chance at the ACC championship. To be per to be completely honest, personally, I don't think we're in it anymore. You know, taking a loss to Duke and Florida State. Florida State has to lose two games, or three games, ACC-wise. They play Duke. They play Miami. Those are their two toughest matchups. And barring how the Notre Dame-Duke game goes, that might not be a great matchup either. Uh, ESPN FPI actually has Syracuse at 55%, but the spread says otherwise. It says Clemson at seven. Uh, Isaac, what do you think? So I think this is a battle, obviously, of the oranges in the ACC. You can call it the Orange Bowl, if you will. What I'm going to say is that 
the last time Clemson lost three games was the last time Florida State was relevant. Florida State is becoming relevant again. I'm not trying to pour salt on the wound, but I say it because they handled us on Labor Day weekend and they went into Clemson and got the win last weekend. Now, with that said, I think the FBI only favors Syracuse because it's at Syracuse. The spread's in favor of the Tigers. Give me the great value brand Tigers. I like Clemson this weekend in Syracuse. I think that they'll get the win. I like them by... I like them to cover. I like them by a touchdown. I think Cade Klubnick grew up a lot this past weekend. Just had a couple of unfortunate bounces. The great value reference is to a meme from the 2020 National Championship, by the way. And, um, yeah, the Clemson defense is legit. I like the Tigers. I think they'll get the win in Syracuse. Syracuse will start conference play 0-1. Don't be surprised that this spread is in Clemson's favor because I'm about to put my foot in my mouth like I said I was going to earlier. I said last week that I was afraid of the way that the Clemson defense was going to play because I didn't think they were that good. They played tremendously. They covered the pass extremely well. They read pressure extremely well. I, 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 was, I was very surprised that they were able to push through the offensive line of Florida State and sack um, Jordan Travis so many times. So I would say do not be surprised that Clemson is favored by a touchdown here. Like, Clemson, Clemson is a legit team. You know, and that's why Syracuse is 4-0 and and Clemson's 2-2, two and two, and they're the ones that are favored. Because they're a good team. They're still a good football team. I had to give them credit. It was an extremely close game. It was really good. Um, I will say, though, that that my thing that I think I got correct was that Kay Klubnick did make make a young mistake, which he did not sense the pressure on that DB blitz, which you could say that we were talking about earlier. Joey said that's more on the offensive line or the running back, whoever's supposed to you know pick up that block, of course. But it was his blind side. you got to pick that up. Um, I'd say that that's the – and you got to hold on to the ball when you get hit. And I think that's the only thing that you know come it comes down to. Um, you know, either way, Clemson played an amazing game. They looked really good, a lot better than I thought they would. Syracuse defense, they do. They also look pretty good. Uh, I think if the offense plays well enough, they can keep them in it. It's going to be a close game. Uh, Syracuse, though, they need to open up the run game early because Clemson's secondary, they played great last week. And as we know, you open up the run, you open up the pass. So I think that's what's going to keep uh, Syracuse in this game. But I'm going to pick the great value brand Tigers as well. I got Clemson on this one. Uh, I, I just think that they, they're, they're going to play extremely well. I think a question that I asked Joey was that, um, you know, do you guys think you have anything left in the tank, right? I mean, you gave your all against a really tough Florida State team. You know, what's it going to look like going to Syracuse this week? And maybe you can answer that for me right now before you make your pick, Joey. Like, what, like, like what do you think that you guys have left in the tank going into this game? First of all, before I say what's left in the tank – our tiger looks like a real tiger. Yours looks like a chipmunk mated with a tiger. Anywho. <laughs> any, anywho. What's left in the tank is this. Clemson, they're big on that 10-win season. That's one of the biggest things under Dabo's belt. Uh, originally it was the 11-win seasons, the amount of 11-win seasons consecutively. Now it's the 10-win seasons because... We kind of won only 10 games last season. Anywho, I think they do have a lot left in the tank. I think that at this point, they're kind of they're kind of PO'd. Um, speaking on the defense a little bit, we did see Wiggins go down uh, in the Florida State game. Hence why shortly after Florida State started picking up on the pass game, uh, once he, after he went down, he started out at Clemson not being my favorite guy whatsoever. I was cursing his name every day. 
Um, but now I'm like, oh no, he's gone. I, question is, is if is he going to be back for the Syracuse game? I do know that Syracuse's offense is very. They got some trick plays in mind, and you know their quarterback is not bad. He's not bad at all. Uh, but who have they played? I mean, yes, Clemson got handled by Duke. Um, two of those touchdowns technically being in garbage time. Two of those touchdowns coming off of two mindless errors on Clemson's offense in the within the five-yard line. Uh, again, another mindless error in the Florida State game, which costs us a score. Again, two, two turnovers in the uh, Clemson-CSU game, which costs us two scores against us. So if you haven't picked up the theme, it's that Clemson's offense needs to look up videos on how to carry a ball. Uh, there's a lot of videos on YouTube. I've sent it to the group chat that we have here. Um, but, you know, I think that although Syracuse is a pretty decent team this year, I definitely got Clemson winning this game. I definitely think it's going to be close because when is it not? When is it not? When is it not? It's going to be by a field goal. Oh, that's weird. No, it's not going to be by a field goal. We're going to win by a touchdown because we're going to miss a field goal again. Um, so, yeah, Clemson by seven at Syracuse. All right, guys, next week five game, we have the Texas A&M Aggies playing against Arkansas at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas at 12 p.m., home of the Cowgirl, Cowboys. So this one's going to be a hard one to pick. And I don't hate the Cowboys. I just wanted to say that. This one's going to be tough because A&M is coming off a big win over Auburn, who obviously is just getting started in the Hugh Freeze era. Arkansas is coming off a close loss to LSU on the road. And by the way, that one's only close because our defense sold. But it was close nonetheless. K.J. Jefferson looked really good. Our secondary did not. I mean, it really was a good game. A&M's defense looks tough. K.J. Jefferson, again, their offense looks really, really good. They have a freshman tight end who, for whatever reason, LSU couldn't cover. So that's that. A&M obviously is looking to stay tied with Bama at the top of the West. Once again, barring a super unlikely upset against Bama this weekend. A&M is favored in the ESPN FPI by 73%. The spread, however, is only 6.5 in favor of the Aggies. This one's tough. I'm glad I'm not going first. Joey, who you got? I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that Texas A&M wins this. I think Arkansas is kind of looking... JK, I'm going to pick Arkansas. I just settled in my head as I was saying Texas A&M. I'm going to go ahead and pick Arkansas. I think they look pretty stout against LSU for at least a little bit there. A few mistakes here and there, but Arkansas, yeah. All right, so this is a big neutral site game, and I've actually, you know, loved getting to watch this rivalry, you know, unfold over the past couple of years. Uh, it, it really, I, I know it, it didn't start in 2021, but, like, that was, like, the big one, I feel like, where it really got the rivalry kick-started. So, you know, they go in there. Uh, Arkansas is a huge dog. Uh, they end up getting the dub by a couple touchdowns over Texas A&M. The next week they go to Georgia and they lose 37 to zero. Go dogs! Uh, the next year, last year, uh, we see Texas A&M win this one because of some weird miscues on the on the Arkansas offense, and then you know Cam Little he misses a, a go ahead field goal and uh, just 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 bad. Um, this is A&M's first test this season. I mean, I mean, you could say Miami was, but I mean, obviously they lost that game. So yeah, it was, it was a test for sure. But you know, you get into SEC road games uh, or neutral site games, whatever you, if you will. But they're getting into SEC play. Uh, Auburn's not really—they're a joke, if you want my honest opinion. I'll get to that game in a second. But Auburn's a joke. Um, I, I, I got I got Arkansas to win this one. 
I got Arkansas big time. I think the way, just the way they played against LSU, they were hungry last week. And I think that, um, you know, they've been battle tested, like I've said about a lot of other teams. I got Arkansas to win this game easy. So this one, this one's a battle of a team that I really don't like and a team that I kind of don't like. Obviously, I hate AM. This one's tough. AM's defense looked really good. I got the Hogs. I think Arkansas. I think they look really good. Again, they, they lost to BYU two weeks ago, yes. But they played really well in Death Valley. It was Saturday night, LSU's SEC home opener. It was their SEC opener for the Hogs, and they look really good. K.J. Jefferson's a good quarterback. I think the Hogs are going to win this one in Texas and send the Aggies home crying to their That's goal triple pick. All right, our next game is number 24, Kansas. Finally ranked. At number three, Texas. So we're looking at a Kansas team who finally became good, and now uh, they finally become ranked, and now they have to face Texas. Uh, once again, though, both teams 4-0 and during this matchup last season. Saw the same thing. Um, Kansas has a very high-powered offense. Defense, they're kind of average. I mean, they haven't really faced anybody minus BYU. Um if you consider that a thing. Texas, on the other hand, they're the first team to handle Alabama this season. They're the first team to handle them an L. And now they're facing Kansas. Can that defense stand up against Kansas's offense? Can Kansas's offense keep up with Texas's offense? That's the big question. Texas has some fast freaking wideouts, man. And you know what? Their run game might not be as good as it was with Bijan Robinson, but they still got a run game. They still got a run game. People forget that. Uh, ESPN FPI. Texas at 94%. Spread is in Texas's favor by 17 points. Mason, go on ahead. I think you the question you have to pay attention to is what are the trap game possibilities here, all right? Because Texas has a tough matchup next weekend against Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry. Obviously, uh, a Red River rivalry, sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it's a big neutral site game in the Big 12. It's the wet uh, wibble wobbly. It's weird to think that that's going to be an SEC matchup next year. Uh, um, horns down. <laughs> yeah, horns down. Uh, well, yeah, but also to Oklahoma, too, because I don't like them either. Anyway, uh, Texas, they better be careful. Kansas is averaging uh, 463 yards of offense a game. They play extremely complimentary, running and passing the ball extremely well. Uh, Kansas, they've also only given up 297 yards a game. Texas has only given up 299 yards a game. On paper, Kansas is the better team, but... Who they played? Illinois? Yeah. BYU? Yeah. Either way, close game if Kansas is hungry. Uh, Texas's defense, they're very good at reading the quarterback. We saw this, you know, in Alabama. They got two interceptions. They're seriously good. And uh, they're, they're just a tough, tough team. Tough defense, tough offense. And I think that's the thing that's going to set them apart in this game. I got the Longhorns to win. I don't think that the trap game gets them. I think that they get the trap game. So the Longhorns, like we just mentioned, were the first team to go – well, first team to go into Bryant-Denny this year. More importantly than that, they beat Bama, but they did it in Bryant-Denny, so it's worth mentioning. Kewin Ewers is a good quarterback. Texas has good wideouts. 94%, 17 It's always horns down, but I got Texas in this one. I think they'll cover. I like them by 17 possibly by 21 I mean, they look good. Kansas, listen, no disrespect, but the Jayhawks haven't played anybody. Kansas is a basketball school. Texas takes this one, and they'll get the dub in Arlington. I would just like to note uh, those who aren't watching this video, Mason and Isaac just both gave us unsportsmanlike conduct for uh, doing the horns down signal. Um, 
Not in the SEC, baby. Yeah, get ready for that when y'all come here. Mm. I, I can't believe they did that. Anywho, that's my word of the day, by the way. Joe Burrow would um, like a word. Big 12 is soft. Eh. <laughs> uh, eh, they're better than the Fun SEC police. this year. Small 12. Maybe this yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I got Texas in this game. I don't think Kansas has what it takes to, to match up against uh, this this Texas team. But I will say, I just thought about this. How fun would it be to have a Kansas versus Colorado game? Bowl game idea? The two worst <laughs> teams in the past, like, 10 years facing off. Who? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the two worst teams, but also the two teams who got the most publicity within the past two years. Isn't that crazy? It's big facts, for sure. With that, we're going to move on to our next game, game that I'm super excited about. This is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Number one, Georgia playing at Jordan-Hare at Auburn at 3.30. It's the CBS Game of the Week. Love it. Love this game. I even love when we go there. They haven't beaten us in... They haven't beaten us since 2017 when we went there, and uh, that was the game that we lost by 20, and Gus Malzahn came out and said we beat the dog crap out of him. Well, you know what? We got ours back in the SEC Championship 1, went on to beat Oklahoma that year. Um, so it's it's been a while to think if you think about how long ago that was. That was the last time that Auburn has beaten Georgia. Georgia, they're holding on to that number one spot for dear life as they just keep giving up points against teams and not scoring enough points against teams that they should. Uh, you know they're 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 a top they're they're a top of the SEC East with Florida and Kentucky. Can Auburn change that with the injuries that Georgia has early in game or with the struggle that Georgia has early in games and the injuries they're facing? Uh, you know, plus playing in Jordan Hare, could Georgia be on upset alert? I mean, Carson Beck he struggles. How will he do? I mean, I have a real question I have. How is Carson Beck gonna do? You know, starting in a road environment of one of the toughest places in the SEC to play. Um, Auburn they're coming off a loss to A and M. Was that a trap game for them? Were they really looking forward? Does Hugh Freeze want this so bad? You know, how tough is this Auburn team going to be coming in? ESPN FPI, no surprise. Georgia, 82%. The spread is Georgia by 14.5, which to me, that's a little low. Especially when the ESPN FPI is that high. 14.5, to me, that's a little low. I guess not when you look that we almost, you know, fumbled the bag against South Carolina, ended up winning by 10. Maybe it's on the road. I guess maybe that's maybe that is fair. But Isaac, who you got? I would agree. I think the spread is pretty low, but I think that has to do with with the slow starts the dogs have had so far this season. It's not a knock, it's just a fact. Obviously, Jordan here is a tough place to play. It's going to be a really good game. I got the dogs. I like them to cover. I like them by 17. If they won't cover, they won't blow them out, I don't think, but I like them by 17. I think Auburn puts up enough of a fight because it's a rivalry game. It's at home, but at the end of the day, the dogs take this one and Georgia will stay number one once more. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why the spread is this low. I think it's more because Georgia's kind of struggled on offense in the first half. Uh but I don't see Auburn putting up any kind of fight. Um yeah, I got Georgia. I got the dogs. Easy, bro. Go freaking dogs. Auburn, they might give us a they might give us a run early, score a touchdown early, because that's what the freaking that's when we give up touchdowns for some reason now. Kirby Smart's been saying that we're a fourth-quarter team, which is 100% true. We've been playing really well in the fourth quarter like the last couple of years. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I mean, they might score early, but if they do, they're only scoring field goals the rest of the game. Um, you know, I think even though we're battling injuries, our defense is still stout, even with the guys that are, that are you know, backups, if you will, and they're going to keep us in it. But I swear, if I see Mike Bobo – Calling screenplays and running it up the gut for three hours. 
Huh. Make crazy. It's almost place. like you're living what I live for the past three years. Make explosive plays. That was the difference that Munkin made. That was the difference that Todd Munkin made was the explosiveness of the plays. Play column wasn't so vanilla when he was here, and Mike Bowe has got to learn that. I actually love that one of the first plays against UAB we had, huge pass downfield. Keep doing that stuff. It works, especially against an Auburn team that has no defense. Reach into the bag of tricks. Let's get something done this Saturday. TBD triple pick for Georgia. we got a great game next. Isaac, what's the game? This one is my game of the week. 13th-ranked LSU playing on the road in Oxford against 20th-ranked Ole Miss at 6 p.m., 5 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Thank you, LSU Social Media. Ole Miss, obviously, a rough time for them coming off the loss against Bama. If there was ever a year for Lane Kiffin to finally be the next assistant to beat Saban, this was the year. And I would have to say it's probably his last because Bama is not good this year. They're just not. I mean, when's the last time Bama was outside the top 10? This year? Yeah, like 10 years ago. Exactly. LSU, however, just barely escaped Arkansas at home. We were 17.5 point favorites and only one by three. Defense sold. Deuce Chestnut shouldn't be in the secondary anyways. As bad as Ole Miss defense is on paper, they're actually better than LSU's. But offense, LSU's offense is better by about 70 yards per game. This could be another close SEC matchup. Ole Miss needs this one to stay in contention for the SEC West. This one's been good the past few years. LSU last season struggled early. Yeah, they were they were trailing at halftime, came out in the second half, and ended up winning forty five to twenty. It was a shutout in the second half against Ole Miss and the offense last year in Baton Rouge. The last five years, LSU is four and one in the Magnolia Bowl, and they've scored forty plus in all four of those wins. The FPI has Ole Miss by 57%. The spread, however, has the Tigers by three. This one's going to be a good one on Saturday night. I'm glad I'm not picking first, even though it's my guys. Joey, who you got? Um, I would just like to say that me and ESPN are friends because I have the upset in this game. I'm going to pick Old Miss. Old Miss. Old Miss? I'm going to pick Old Miss and the Powder Blues. <laughs> To win this game, I think, you know, it all comes down to that offensive line for Ole Miss. If I think his name is Perkins. Is his name Perkins? I think it comes down to if Perkins can get to the quarterback. But I think that offense is very similar to Florida State's. And we already know Florida State's defense is bad. So, who knows? Maybe it'll be a repeat of Florida State. I hope not, just for your sake. But I got Ole Miss winning this. Yeah. All right, this one's going to be – I think this one's going to be close. Ole Miss extremely fortunate to be playing this one at home. Last year, everyone expected LSU to get throttled in Death Valley, uh, but they didn't. Uh, LSU showed up. They, they played extremely well, and they got that dub. Um, Ole Miss defense, they're better than last year, though. It showed in the first quarter against Bama. They played really well. A couple special teams miscues. Offense couldn't get it going because Bama's defense is also incredibly good. Um, you know, I made a mistake picking Ole Miss over LSU last year. And, Joey, I'm sorry. I'm not going to make that mistake again, man. I got freaking Ole Miss to win it this year because, you know what, they're not going to let me down this time. I came with the Uno reverse. I came I, my, the, I'm letting the thoughts win today, baby. The Rebels in the powder blue, those uniforms are so freaking awesome. And I, I think that they're going to come in to Oxford, and I think that they're going to tear LSU apart 
with their offense and with their newly established defense. Go Rebs. I got all Miss. It's confirmed. Mason just said he has voices in his head. <laughs> so this, intrusive thoughts are winning. <laughs> so this one, this one's tough because obviously I'm an LSU fan. And I will say that their offense, Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Jenkins are a great duo. And they've looked really good this year to this point. Or looked good enough, at least, to be competitive in the West. LSU secondary has been sus all season. The only really good – well, they had a pretty good outing against Mississippi State. Their greatest outing was against Grambling. That doesn't really count, right? 2-0 in SEC play. It's on the road. The Powder Blues are nice jerseys. I've got the Tigers. I'm not going against my guys. But I think – I like them to cover. I like them by a touchdown. But it will be a shootout. I think both teams – will more than likely score 30-plus. I think LSU wins this one 45-38. to 38. Check this benef- out before we move on to the next game. Mm-hmm. What if Lane Kiffin was playing the long game here? What if he really he figured he had no chance to beat Bama? He figured he might have a chance against LSU, so they spent all last week preparing for LSU. I'm just saying. That sounds like something Lane Kiffin would do. You it know? sounds like something he would do. I doubt it. But I will say I hope it's a shootout just for fantasy purposes because that's my only good shot right now. Because apparently every time I start wide receiver in my fantasy, at least, down. Yep. At, at least yeah, at least one of them gets zero points. It makes no sense. This has like never happened before to, to us in fantasy. But anyway, thank you for sticking with it with us. This is our final game. This is South Carolina at number 21, Tennessee, 730. This was an amazing upset last year. South Carolina was not supposed to win this game by any stretch, especially against a team that had so much talent, and their only loss was to Georgia All right, at number three. They came in AP the week before. They were number one. College football playoff rankings put them at three. They put Tennessee in their place. They got back to one, which, I mean, it's still it's, it's, it's a good loss. You know, Could South Carolina, could they repeat this again this year on the road? against a Tennessee team that is nowhere near as good as they were last year. About to find out. Tennessee, they bounced back last week against UTSA after losing against Florida in the Swamp. We said, you know, if they struggle against UTSA, is the poll going to drop them out? Well, they didn't. They're still in it. Joe Milton, though, he's obviously not the answer. Their defense is not that good, and neither is their offensive line. But then again, neither is South Carolina's defense or their offensive line either. So uh, this one, it could probably go either way. But with Georgia still left on Tennessee's schedule, South Carolina could knock them out of East contention this week as they already have a loss to Florida. The ESPN FPI, Tennessee at 70%. The spread is Tennessee by 12 and a half. And for some reason, I'm picking first. Okay, I'll pick first. <laughs> South Carolina O-line, they definitely have some issues, and so does the secondary. Uh, Xavier Leggett, he's a beast. He's going to be a problem for the Tennessee secondary all day. You know, he's so good. South Carolina red zone defense, however, eh, that needs some work. <laughs> they let every rushing attempt into the end zone against Mississippi State last week. Uh, when matching up quarterbacks, I think Spencer Rattler is much better. He's able to extend plays with his legs without even crossing the uh, the line of scrimmage. He just runs side to side, finds an open receiver, and makes a play. Joe Milton, super inaccurate, kind of overrated. And his, you know Spencer Rattler's accuracy is much better. Uh, to me, the only thing in Tennessee's favor is the home field advantage. I mean, and that's saying something because I really don't think Tennessee is that good this year. Um, this matchup is is way closer than last year, too. I feel like these teams are way more even than they were last year. And last year, South Carolina figured out a way to win. Can they do it again this year? 
yeah, they're going to do it again this year. I got South Carolina to win this game. I got the Cox to go on the road and win by 10 points. Uh, like I said, I just I just don't think Tennessee's that good, man. Yeah, it's Nayland Stadium, but their offensive line is horrible. Their defense can't cover the pass, and ugh, they, they don't get pressure on quarterbacks. I got the I got the I got I got the Cox to win this one. Ew. So this one, this may very well be the toughest pick of the episode. And of course we're finishing with it, so that's great. Joe Milton is not a good quarterback. We saw it at Florida two weeks ago. And I can't remember what the exact stat was, but he has yet to complete either a pass at all or for a first down or a touchdown. He has yet to do something successfully while on the run because he's a pocket-only QB. It's at Neyland. It's in Knoxville in that gaudy orange that nobody likes. No, they're and they're in there all black this weekend. They're in all black this weekend. It is confirmed. I know, I know. But what I'm saying is that it's the gaudy orange trim, and nobody likes that orange. I mean, it, they just don't. Now, the cool, the only thing Tennessee has going for them that orange is that website where you can punch in your ticket and see which color to wear for the checker. That's the only cool thing they've it's got. That, it's that uncomfortable inside of a pumpkin orange. It's, it's that orange that Sandra Bullock... <laughs> Sandra Bullock said, I will never wear that gaudy orange. It's perfect. We just called the Ole Miss game. Now we're talking about Tennessee. That's perfection. All right. Anyway, shout out Blindside. So, with that said, Tennessee by Tennessee 70%. Volunteers, 12.5 point favorites. It's at home. It's Saturday night in Rocky Top. It'll be football time in Tennessee. I've got the Cox. I think South Carolina's going to go on the road in Neyland and upset the, simply because the fact that Tennessee is just so unpredictable. And now, if they have an edge, it's because it's at Neyland. But I like South Carolina. I think they win by 10. I don't think they cover, but I think they win by 10. And unfortunately, I'm not sure what that's supposed to be. Jesus and Clemson. That's you need, you need You need Jesus after you just said those god-awful words. Yeah. Anyway, I got the Cox. This will be a good weekend in college football, and thank you guys for sticking with us. Joey, who you got? I don't know why y'all would choose that awful, awful team. I got Tennessee winning this. I think that I think that Mississippi State showed that Carolina can struggle against the pass. Carolina has struggled all season already. And every time people consider Carolina, they say, oh, can Carolina beat Georgia again this year? Can Carolina beat North Carolina again this year? And every time, it's no. So why would it change? I got Tennessee. Well, last year, they actually did beat Tennessee. And even this year, uh, they played Georgia pretty close. Their offensive line sucks. And also, they did beat Mississippi State. Now, yeah, it was a back-and-forth game, and it was pre- I mean, but, but, but they never trailed. Back-and-forth is in South Carolina. Obviously, like you said, they have trouble defending the pass. But then again, Joe Milton is not a good passer. Like, yeah, he has good wide receivers, but if he's not accurate— and Spencer Rattler is accurate, that's going to be a long day for the Tennessee secondary, which is why I have South Carolina. If the South Carolina team that played the Bulldogs shows up in England on Saturday night, the Cox will win this game. Absolutely, they will. But that's our episode, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Obviously, we have a... You know, I, I, I thought there was really going to be, you know, some more parody. I thought we were going to pick a lot differently that episode, but I guess not. I guess these picks were pretty easy for us to make, except for like two or three. But that's where we're at, and guys, we just thank you so much for listening. And always remember. It's the tagline of our show. No matter what team you pull for, if you're on God's side, you're always on the same team. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8, that God showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he sent his only son to die for us. While you were still the enemy of God, 
living in your sin, Jesus came to die for you. God sent his only son to die for you, not because of anything that you could ever do to earn it, but because he loves you. God does love you. If you ever have any questions about that, you can always reach out to us, send us a message on Facebook, hit up our Instagram DMs, leave a comment on this YouTube video. We'd love to talk to you about the gospel. And the question asked, what's the gospel? The gospel is that you are a sinner. You have sinned against God. But fortunately, through the cross, you can be forgiven. The blood shed was shed for you. God died. God sent his son to die for you because he loves you. There's nothing you can do to earn it. All you can do is accept it. And we think that you should because my life has never been the same. Isaac's life has never been the same. Joey's life has never been the same since we met Jesus and gave our lives over to him. Guys, we hope you guys have a great week. We're praying for you. If you guys need any prayer requests, we actually have our Google form up now on our Instagram. Go check it out and uh, leave us a prayer request if you need it. And uh, yeah. Bye-bye. Later. Later.